before we get started with today's episode, uh, we have a couple of announcements. Casual reminder that we are still taking pre-orders for our very first enamel pin of Gay People Love Puns. Uh, we need at least 50 of you to pre-order them in order for us to purchase the whole lot. So, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell people who love enamel pins. And who doesn't love an enamel pin to decorate your denim vest with? Please uh, check that out in our store, thegaylyprofit.com slash shop. Yeah, we need to sell 50 in order to be able to order 100. We won't make a single cent on a pin until we sell the 50. So you're, you 50 people are literally just covering the cost of ordering the pins, after which we will make some money on the following 50 pins that we sell. Because they're just really expensive to make unless you can order like a thousand of them, which I don't have the upfront money to do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Other things to remind you of that we just haven't talked about in forever. One, you can help us out by helping us transcribe our episodes to make them more accessible. If you go to thegaylyprofit.com slash transcriptions, there's all the info that you need there. And in exchange for that, we will trade you some of our Patreon offerings if you are not a patron. So that's cool. And also just for anyone who maybe checked off that you were transcribing an episode a while ago and like it hasn't come in, I have started unchecking them off on the list if I don't get them within a month of when you say that you're going to do it just because sometimes they end up sitting there for like six months and then other people don't know that those still need to be transcribed. If you are actually working on it and it's been almost a month just like shoot me an email or something and be like I'm actually working on this the other thing that I want to remind you about is that we have a poll on our patreon about your Hogwarts house and your astrological sign that we would really like everyone to participate in it's open to the public so if you go to patreon.com slash the gaily prophet and click on public posts you will find it and so far all of the information that we've gotten is that cancers really like participating in polls which (laughs) Is useful information for the world, but not necessarily helpful for this particular research project. We also have a few other cool public posts on our Patreon. So if you're not a patron, if you're not a patron, you can come check out. I have a couple of my Muggle Studies posts up for people to browse, and some other stuff that I'm not remembering at this exact moment. Uh, so yeah. Check it out. Fill out our poll. Uh, We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, that's a great idea. We'll put links for all this stuff in the show notes. (laughs) Links. You get a link. And you get a link. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and lastly, before we get into it, there's a lot of conversation in this episode about birds. And you know who really likes birds is Jesse. I sure do. (laughs) So if you also are really into birds you should check me out on instagram uh live from detroit i have a whole little instagram stories highlight uh about bird facts that i <laughs> recite from memory in amusing ways to you you should definitely follow jesse on instagram this is a very good idea for all of you <laughs> all right and with that The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, 
go and read them. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled, and that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> I shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about (laughs) Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am the red and gold menace, Jesse Blount. <laughs> and today we are talking about chapter two of Goblet of Fire, The Scar, in which Harry awakes having had night terrors that are hella real and his scarry sense is burning him. <laughs> the dream is a bit muddled, the visions of last chapter's events, partly from the pain and partly because of the hazy nature of the dream slash mind sharing slash soul resonance or whatever the fuck is going on here between Harry and Voldemort. Harry's pretty worried about this new development because in the past his scar has only hurt in proximity to Voldemort. He thinks of he thinks first of writing his friends, but sort of imagining that he knows what they're going to say stops him. But unlike past books, Harry finally has an adult in his corner. Everyone's favorite gay dog father, Sirius Black. Harry spends half the night writing a brief letter to Sirius before going off to breakfast. Yep. <laughs> and that is without, that is cutting out all of the exposition of what happens in this chapter. Right. You're welcome. Which, like, Harry wakes up, writes a letter, and goes to breakfast is really what happens. And it takes us 10 entire pages to do that. So. I like, I was just like, after a while, I'm like skimming. I'm like, I'm not literally reading this. <laughs> exposition that i already know oh god i know i it took me probably three hours to read this chapter because i just kept being it was like reading a textbook in high school or college where i'm like oh i i forgot to read like i've been reading for five minutes and i don't i didn't actually read anything that uh that makes total sense to me do you have a today's headline for this i do i also need to really quick just remind everyone that Today is the last day. If you want a Frankie Says A Cab shirt, you have to get it today by midnight, the day that this comes out. Uh, and you should, because who does not want that shirt? Literally no I one. know. Yeah, gaylyprofit.com slash shop. Great. I'm going to get my brain to work. It's going to happen. Here we go. <laughs> it's okay. Here we I'm... go. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll be here to keep us on track in a hilarious role reversal. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be good. All right, we start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Investigation reveals that J.K. Rowling is in the pocket of the big punctuation industry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't wait to get into this. It's going to be great. Wait, yep, editorials. It's where my whole thing is. But first, we turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Is the editorial where you have your anger about the exposition? Because I wasn't sure what uh-huh. to put that. I'm going to move that there. 
But that literally cuts down on like a fourth of the things. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? If you have more than one thing, then you should go first. All right, I do have more than one thing. I just feel like, okay, in the bit of exposition that I didn't skim over, I feel like Harry has a moment where he's just like, no stranger to pain and injuries. It's just part of part of going to Hogwarts, which is fucked up on a whole other level. But I'm just like, I think he's being a little bit too glib about like, you know, having all of the bones in his arm removed. By a teacher. By a teacher. Oh God, I know. And like, you know, whatever survival mechanisms get you through the day, Harry, but like, that's definitely going to come up in therapy like 10 years from now and you're like, oh shit. Yep. That actually was my one, like, education point for this was, was, like, they're unavoidable if you go to Hogwarts. And I was like, are they? Like, I don't think that this is a thing that we should just, like, happily accept about a school. Like, I don't know, your kid's gonna get into, like, sharpieing their genes if they go to art school. Like, that's, this is not the same thing. Yeah, I have uh, never had an injury in school. You know? I mean, I I had some, like, playground injuries, but, like, A of all, they were probably avoidable, and B of all, it was not like I got bit by a foot-long snake fang. <laughs> so, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, recess injuries are, I think, just like being a child, you know, that those happen. Yeah, getting in, getting, like, a foot-long uh, ancient snake fang through your your arm is really i think more in the school <laughs> mm-hmm. like literally <laughs> yes like all of the rest of the founders were like i guess salazar just has the snake that's that's whatever you have hang out in your chamber of secrets okay it's like it's i'll take care of it mom come on it's not like it's ever gonna get out <laughs> this is what happens when you don't call your friends out you're like salazar's really great i don't think i don't know if i really want to talk to him about the giant snake all right this has been role playing the founders with jesse and mark Um... awesome (laughs) all right uh yeah my only front page for this chapter is just that i got a little like heart heart pitter patter about the fact that sirius's letters sound cheerful and it's even more so now that we like wrote that queer blur episode about how he's like on the beach with uh, Lupin and they're like hanging out, having sex, going to the bar and whatever. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what I now imagine is making him cheerful. So it's like <laughs> double great. And I was just like, oh, yay. Yay, a good thing for serious. I don't know. I'm so happy for him. And you know that he like he is so thrilled to go to the post office and pick out the most ridiculous bird to send to Harry. <laughs> Yes. Uh, my next thing is also actually about Sirius tangentially, which is just like the bittersweetness of Sirius's presence in Harry's life now means that the Dursleys aren't bullying him into hiding away all of his school stuff. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, this makes me happy, but this is also so fucked up stuff. <laughs> all right. And then my last thing is just, my like deep amusement about how shady uh Hedwig is at at the other birds where 
Harry's like, yeah, she didn't seem to be, like, really into them. And I'm like, Hedwig is only here for, like, traditional UK witch aesthetic and is not feeling this, like, colorful vibe. I think she felt threatened. Like, they might be more beautiful than her. Interesting. Even though that is clearly a lie. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think they were bringing, like, a a different vibe of, like, showiness. Hers is very, like classic mm-hmm. but she was like oh are they like more head turning than me i don't because i just don't i feel like hedwig is more open-minded than that <laughs> i would hope so <laughs> uh, i actually have a whole thing about those birds actually later cool to the surprise of no <laughs> <laughs> great welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. It's actually like a lot of fucked up things in this very, very, very short chapter. I only have two, so I think you should go first. Okay. I think a lot of mine is sort of variations on one theme, which is mostly like Harry's lack of someone to go to about things that are scary or hard, and then like the shame that he feels about even wanting that sort of support and like the way that he just like degrades himself like the letter that he imagines writing to Dumbledore is so just like downplaying what his experience was so profoundly that it just is like oh man a that's awful and b I'm like I feel you Harry (laughs) yeah actually yeah I I noticed that right away and yeah it's it's so like I feel so crushed about it it's just such peak childhood trauma shit where it's like, oh, you know, um, don't worry about me. I'm totally fine. Like says this kid who has like never gotten the the emotional validation and care that he needs. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's just like in this moment where it's like actually everyone you thought of would totally respond in a loving, caring way if you were like, yo, my scar hurts, you know, but he's just like hand waves it all away. Yeah. And I'm just like, my dude, it's not it's it's not dumb to want someone to care about your feelings and how you feel i know that's just your trauma speaking it's okay harry yeah it's like harry you have all these people that want to help you so like get it now so that you won't be like 30 and like crying at movies where people receive good parenting you don't want that to be your life oh my god what a mood that is (laughs) jesus (laughs) (laughs) Oh. oh my god I like I swear to you the easiest way to get me to like sob at a movie is to show someone being a good parent and like I can sit through all the like terrible parenting just like icy heart but like someone being a kind parent and I'm like on the floor I'm like I hate this movie how dare you make me watch this yeah I even feel that way about like a very great like found family story where it's like your family sucks but we still love you and I'm like oh my god <laughs> Yay, trauma is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. Pretending you don't have needs to make everyone, to make the adults around you feel fine. Cool. I love it. Yeah. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, to the point where he even says, I can't remember the exact line, but like, what he really wanted and he was ashamed to admit it was someone like a parent and it's just like 
oh, Harry, like, what? You're 14. Like, recently 14. Why are you ashamed? I know why you're ashamed, but, like, you don't, you shouldn't be ashamed <laughs> to admit that you want someone like a parent. Yeah. That want literally never goes away, and you are still a child, so you're the most entitled to continue to, like, to feel that way and to reach out to people. Yeah, for sure. Do you think part of it is, like, toxic masculinity? Hmm. And I don't even necessarily think it is. I'm just kind of like, it just, it didn't occur to me until right now to be like. Uh, I, I don't. I think it probably makes him feel like infantilized to some extent to be like, you know, have that feeling of like, I want a mommy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the majority of his shame around it is that he's just like grown up in a situation where he's like, well, you can't have that. So like, there's no point in even wanting it. Right, it's like you have to like take care of yourself. So like you have to feel ashamed about your desires, or else it is you're going to be sad about them. Right, exactly. <sighs> Poor Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does say that it is that it felt shameful to admit it to himself that he wanted something like a parent, which is like I feel like the least shameful thing to feel shameful about. I know. Poor traumatized Harry. It makes me very yeah, sad. Yeah, he's protecting himself. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, we could probably talk about this for like 20 years, but I don't know that we need to. I mean, it's going to come, it comes up in like literally every book, basically, so. That's true. And it will come up a lot in this book also, so. Yeah. Uh, the ways in which his childhood trauma, and then also the trauma he goes through just going to Hogwarts. Yeah. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, we get Hermione's shrill and panicky response to harry's letter to her shrill and panicky i just i have it in my notes and i just have i fucking hate you jkr because like it's like molly weasley would would fuss worse than hermione and it's like what is wrong what is wrong what is wrong with you like I, this is making me want to do like a like a Looney Tunes like take out like a white glove and just like smack her across the face a bunch of times and like throw <laughs> it you know yeah. just like no what the fucking fuck and like what here we have like Harry poor baby traumatized Harry being like oh I just like want someone to like care about me and then like descriptions of people being appropriately concerned about the thing that he wants are the descriptions are like horrible it's like oh this is like this would be a bad choice on the part of the concerned party to like express their concern in this way and it's like what do you not want harry to have love and care and concern from people like what is your goal here Ms. Rowling. But but it it has to be chill it doesn't have it doesn't need to be shrill and panicked yeah, I want to be able to go to someone and be like, this thing happened that's literally only ever happened one time before, and it's when someone who was actively trying to murder not only me, but the majority of people was in my physical presence, and I want them to be like, really, really calm and like not super concerned. I mean, yes, that is basically <laughs> what this scene is describing, but it also <laughs> literally does not make any sense. No, the only appropriate response is to be like, the fuck? 
Like, and this has never happened before, aside from the time that he was like, that you were murdering your teacher whose head he was possessing. Okay, this is probably a big deal. It's so wild because I feel like if I was describing an experience that was very traumatizing and like triggering of potential past almost being murdered, I would actually want someone to be like, holy fucking shit, what the fuck, you know? (laughs) Yes. That is the response that I would want. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And... It's also the response that you would deserve. <laughs> like, yeah. Appropriate levels of concern. Oh, Harry. Yeah. Okay. I just have one more thing, which just says Eurocentrism. Uh, Harry's line <laughs> about how his Sirius's letters were not delivered by owls as was usual with wizards. It was like, you mean wizards who live where there are owls? Like, Harry, what? But it's, like, not on Harry. He's 14. This is on, like, his education, which should have fucking taught him that other places have different magical delivery birds. It's not like Sirius is somewhere tropical and he's the only fucking wizard there. Yeah, exactly. And, again, as we've often stated, the terrible education one receives at Hogwarts, not a single fucking world history class. Nope. Or uh, however you, whatever class you would learn about other cultures and stuff isn't that what social studies was i thought social studies uh, maybe civics was like government like u.s government stuff yeah maybe social studies is what i'm thinking about then anyway yeah it's just kind of like yeah the uh the uh not even like eurocentric i feel just the uk centric bit of like the hogwarts education is like if like if harry went outside the country he would have no fucking clue what was going on it's true None whatsoever. Only Hermione would. Because she's read Hogwarts A History, and for some reason it includes information about other countries, but no other books do. Oh my god. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. My my whole section is about the writing. Do you have anything before we talk about the writing? I do. I actually have one thing about core cool. of the writing, which is my... LOL sob about Harry being like, he didn't think that anything he was going through could be found in a book. And it's like, how would you know? (laughs) (laughs) Have you, have you read any books besides the required, the required reading of a 11, 12 and 13 year old? No, you have not. You could, there are other books in the world. You could make, could you check out books? from the school via via owl in the summertime maybe even if you couldn't harry you're fucking rich buy some rare ass books are you fucking kidding me you know who's read the book on the after effects of curse scars is hermione fucking granger yeah she sure fucking has <laughs> i feel like i need have you have you seen those tiktok videos where it'll be like You'll say a statement and then I'll have the like reality television music come on in the background. And it's like, I feel like I knew that music behind me. It's like, Harry, read some fucking books. Have you, have you read a book? How do you know that none of the books will help you? <sighs> yep. All right. So I'm going to start this off by saying or reading my note that says, well, we started the book with an excellent short story. And now here we are. This chapter could not be 
a more stark comparison in terms of like the difference between J.K. Rowling's short story writing abilities and her like long form writing abilities, there there couldn't be a better example of like why I feel like she maybe would be better at just writing short stories. I'm just like so mad. Like why? Why? There's it's book four. I guarantee you, no one is starting at book four. And if they are, fuck them. I mean, true. That's also true. It's okay for them to be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I guess I better go, like, read the first three books or, like, ask someone or to just scatter your exposition throughout the book like other authors do. Yeah. No, I'm just like, I thought this was a book where they, where she stopped doing that and it isn't. And I'm like... Jesse, she never stops. <laughs> I don't know if you, like, block this out of your memory. This happens in every single book. I think I have, apparently, because I'm just like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Mm-mm. We're going to be in book seven being like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you're right. It's like, if you removed all the exposition from this chapter, all of this information comes up in the next, like, ten. I guarantee you. Like, shit about Sirius. Shit about Harry's being an orphan and like Voldemort and like, you know, all this shitty shit with the Dursleys. It's like, you don't need any of this exposition. <laughs> we're we're going to get it. We're going to get all this information. <laughs> I feel like I was maybe the most angry, even though that is not like a very significant qualifier here, but the most angry about the part where like she felt like she needs to seed Quidditch in here really quick with this like, in Harry's opinion, the best sport blah 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 like we're about to go to the world cup like you can calm down everyone's gonna figure out what quidditch is without you doing this it's yeah so unnecessary you spent like two whole paragraphs doing this that i will never get back like how dare you it's just like if i was an editor i would have been like book three i'm like you know i don't think we really need this exposition joanna like and then book four i'm like okay we really fucking don't need this (laughs) joanna like the kids can figure it out oh joanne i think so because i've never actually said her first name out loud i don't even know what the k stands for so maybe don't trust me but i'm pretty sure it's joanne (laughs) anyway I was the editor, I'd be like, put my foot down, we're not having this fucking, all this fucking, all this, like, six extra pages of exposition. Just roll all of the dream shit into all of the Dursley shit. Like, it'll be fine. And here's the thing, is that I think that that's what her editor did. Because, aside from the unforgivable amount of exposition, this chapter is horrendously crafted (laughs) these sentences are bad the headline about the punctuation i have so many okay look i spent entirely too much time on this here's what i did i was like (laughs) am i being unreasonable am i so i sat down i counted all of the semicolons Oh, wow. All of the ellipses. I got to the part where I was like, I want to count all the commas. And then I was like, you should find an illegal PDF on the internet so that you can control find for that. So I did that. And then I found a similar chapter, exposition chapter from the beginning of Carry On. And I did the same thing with that so that I could compare. And here's, I'm going to start with the commas. 
All right, I'm listening. I'm here for this it. chapter of Harry Potter has 184 commas in Jesus. it. Jesus. And it, the similar carry-on chapter has 183 commas in it, except the carry-on chapter is almost one-third longer, 850 more words, than the Harry Potter chapter. So that's important, right? Yes. 184 to 183, but significantly longer chapter. Yeah, that's like a, a probably uh, a realistic expectations for the amount of commas you're going to use for that amount of text. Yes. Then we get to the ellipses. Why are there so many ellipses? 28 instances of ellipses in this chapter as compared to this carry-on chapter, which has eight. Which brings us to my least favorite punctuation mark, the semicolon. Which I personally think should be used never, aside from in a complicated list. I know I'm on the outskirts of popular opinion there. However, this chapter contains 22 semicolons. That is outrageous. two semicolons in Harry's letter that he has written to Sirius. Harry is 14 years old and they don't teach writing at Hogwarts. Harry has never heard of a semicolon <laughs> in his life. He doesn't know what a semicolon is. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I've written a lot of not school-related things since I was, like, a teenager. And, like, it took me till I was, like, 25 and, like, rereading uh, the elements of style to figure out how the fuck to use a semicolon. <laughs> and even then, I basically only use it when I'm like writing work emails and I'm like having a list, <laughs> you know? That's the thing is that it's an entirely replaceable punctuation mark aside from in lists that have commas within the different list items. Yeah, you would if you you would just use either a period or a regular ass comma or a dash. Or a dash. So 22 semicolons in this 10-page chapter of Harry Potter as compared to, again, 8 in the significantly longer but similar in content chapter of Carry On. I Again, these books are not well-written craft-wise. And I hope anyone who is listening who is, like, a writer... Don't take any stylistically, like, there's nothing stylistic about what's happening in these books. Just don't try to borrow any of that. Nope. We're going to play a game really quick. Can we play a game? We can play a game. Great. I'm going to read you a sentence, and at the end of the sentence, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. I'm playing a a reading competency game or something. All right. All Harry knew was that at the moment when Voldemort's chair had swung around and he had seen what was sitting in it, he had felt a spasm of horror which had awoken him. Okay. Cool? Yeah. Who saw what was sitting in the chair? Harry. Yes, it was Harry. You're correct. Which is why it doesn't need to say he, comma, Harry, comma, had seen what was sitting in the chair. (laughs) Whoa, that's (laughs) that's like a double on top of your hatred of he, comma, Harry is a like whole other fucking bit (laughs) we're gonna do we're gonna do another one though you know what the you know what the ruse is now but in any case harry didn't like the idea of the whole weasley family knowing that he was getting jumpy about a few moments pain who's getting jumpy about the pain harry harry yeah it doesn't need to specify 
Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why this is here. And like two of them in one 10 page chapter that also contains 22 semicolons <laughs> and 28 sets of ellipses. I just can't. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's really not great. Yeah. So far, get drunk and yell about writing is my favorite part of making this podcast today. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> just use one or the other. There's no reason to use both. You're not getting paid by the word. This isn't a fucking Dickens book. Like, it's okay to cut out one of those things. Oh my God. I'm so glad that I have, like, dragged you with me into this, like, <laughs> this thing to be angry about completely sort of unnecessarily i feel like i maybe just have must have just like skimmed over it with my eyes because it's like i don't know i guess it it does take a lot to get me out of the story even something that I, like this where i read it a lot but i really appreciate you bringing it up so i can be angry about it because <laughs> <laughs> i'm always here to rip apart how the writing craft in these books is just horrendous um yeah do you have anything else about this I mean, just my forever anger of that it, we even had to, I mean, no, I don't have anything else. Okay, I want to just leave us with this <clears throat> sentence. He turned on the lamp beside him, comma, scrambled out of bed, comma, crossed the room, comma, opened his wardrobe, comma, and peered into the mirror on the inside of his door. Are you writing a stage direction? Like... What? I have never heard anything clunkier than that fucking description of an action. It's like, it's frustrating because, all right, it is one of the hardest things about writing is moving someone across a room. But like, there is, there's definitely a way that that sentence could have been like halved or something so much less awkward. Yes, absolutely. Like... He turned on his bedside light and scrambled out of bed to look in the mirror on the inside of his wardrobe door or something. Or even just lose some of these fucking commas and combine these into a single clause. Yeah, it just could, you could have just been like, he turned the lamp beside him and scramble out of bed to open the wardrobe and peer inside at the at the mirror on the inside of the door. Exactly. And obviously, like, writing is an art. Like, there's definitely time to have a, like, long meandering sentence. And this isn't the time. It's not like adding anything. And I definitely believe you could still imagine how Harry scramble out of bed to go to the wardrobe. Because you're still moving when you're scrambling, you know? Right. You don't need to have to hold cross the room thing. Yeah, I mean, that's just one one example. This whole chapter is, like, so full of poorly crafted sentences. I also got really mad about the old scar on his forehead, which was shaped like a bolt of lightning, was burning beneath his fingers as though someone had just pressed it with a white hot wire to his skin. I actually, actually thought the fact that it was, like, you could have just said hot wire. I feel like white hot wire wasn't actually adding anything to the description, and that actually did. I was like, I'm just mad about the comma, which was shaped like a bolt of lightning, comma. Like, 
That's not where you need to put that. Just be like the old lightning bolt scar on his forehead or like, for the love of God, anything. Just get these. There are so many commas in here because she's just like not putting any effort into the craft of like writing sentences or paragraphs and is just like basically making lists. Like that's that sentence that I read is a list. It's a list of things that Harry did. And it's not. I know we, we get it. We get it again where it's like he got to his feet, stretch and open his wardrobe once more. And I'm like, you know. <sighs> yep. I have a like half cocked idea that I'm going to like rewrite, like leave everything as it is. But like pretend that I am the editor. Like what would I do to fix this chapter and then like put it on Patreon? <laughs> see if it actually happens. It's gonna be three and a half pages. <laughs> no, no, no. I like making myself leave all of the exposition, just like oh. fixing the actual like. Okay, how do I get this down to like a hundred commas and no semicolons? <laughs> I mean, I still think that's still actually gonna. I mean, I guess for me, I would cut out so many of these. Even if you kept in the exposition, just making the sentences flow better and be tighter by like cutting out a bunch of these extra words totally yes that like the commas are around yes but yeah oh my god maybe we should maybe, maybe we should both do it we'll both just have edits of this chapter. Ooh, okay yeah if you're down i'm down we can I'm co-work down. and do it together all right all right let's move on Welcome to Advertisements, where sometimes I get so caught up in counting semicolons that I forget to write an ad, but we're still going to ask you for money and other forms of support. If you like to know how to become a stronger writer and not use so many so many semicolons, you should support us. <laughs> if you're excited about the idea of reading our rewrites of this chapter of Harry Potter, <laughs> you can join us at patreon.com slash the gaily prophet and uh get access to that among with among with along with lots of other stuff. I've had a lot of whiskey because Jesse and I were like, let's get drunk and yell about writing, and I took that to heart. So here I am drunkenly asking you for money i'm just a boy with too much whiskey in his system standing in front of his listeners asking them to join our patreon (laughs) (laughs) you can't ask better than that let's just move on from here okay sounds great here for it Next up, we have an ad for a project by a fellow queer IRL witch. Jesse and I offered to talk about this project because we think it's super rad. So here it is. Are you interested in tarot, plant spirits, and care of magical creatures? Want to support a queer witch of color? Metzley Wolf is a queer, black, indigenous, disabled Harry Potter nerd who is launching their first tarot deck, Sacred Relatives Tarot, now on Kickstarter. The deck captures the spirit of our plant and animal relatives from an Afro-Indigenous psychic perspective. It's a fully illustrated deck full of flora and fauna, and there are some Diagon Alley-worthy rewards for backers. The Kickstarter campaign has seven days left and needs the support of our community to make the deck happen in its most fabulous form. To pledge to the campaign by March 23rd, search Sacred Relatives Tarot on Kickstarter or check out Metzley's Instagram at revolutionary underscore mystic or their website, revolutionarymystic.com. The links for all of that will be in our show notes. 
Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. All right, so we learn in this chapter more about other generic vague countries uh, in the global south here, in which they do not use owls for male. They use other species of birds, which makes sense to me. I hope in the U.S. they also use pigeons. Yeah. Because clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, but yes. Yeah, so fun tidbit of vague world building. And of course, because sweet dear Harry has never opened a book <laughs> that wasn't required <laughs> reading. He has no idea what kind of birds these might be. But dear listeners, I have some suggestions. Excellent. As your resident bird, bird nerd. All right. So I looked up because, you know, seriously, God bless Wikipedia, who has an, an already collated list of the largest species of, of every kind of genus of bird. <laughs> For me to look up what kind of birds Sirius might have sent Harry that he had no idea what they were. Uh, first up, uh, looking at South America. Which I guess I've always envisioned Sirius being at. One of the largest birds, tropical birds in South America, is the, it's actually great, the Toco Toucan, also known as the Common Toucan, uh, also known as when you envision in your brain what a toucan looks like and it's not Toucan Sam from the Fruit Loops box. That is what a common toucan looks like. Um, apparently they're huge. So the, Total length of a common toucan is 21 to 25 inches long. And for whatever reason, I cannot figure out what their wingspan is. But let's assume it is pretty wide. So toucans, probably. I always imagined a toucan as well, actually. But when we made our fanfic, we put Sirius in Morocco. Yeah. Can I inquire about what kind of bird it might be if you were in northern Africa, perhaps? Yes. Uh, actually, I do have what kind of bird probably would be the one of the largest birds. Still in South America, though, I sent you a Wikipedia page for the hyacinth macaw, also a, which is one of the largest species of parrot. Um, and there are this very lovely blue with this <sighs> like so really beautiful. good like gold eye makeup and like a little bit of like gold around its beak. They're very rad looking. Mm-hmm. Um, they are uh, three feet long. And each wing is like 16 inches long. Pretty big. Um, And, Lark, to answer your question, if we envision that Sirius just went directly south and ended up somewhere in Africa, uh, one of the birds that he might have sent if he was in more central sub-Saharan Africa is this great great looking bird, the saddle-billed stork. It has like red and black bill and also like red socks and like elbows but it's like the body is like black and white and blue yeah they're beautiful they're very tall but you know what the other bird would be no would be the greater flamingo aka a giant ass (laughs) fucking flamingo uh please everyone recalibrate your head cannons to imagine Serious sending Harry a fucking flamingo, a letter attached to a flamingo. Oh my god. 
Yeah, they can get up to 43 to 59 inches tall, which is like a couple of feet. Like yeah. four feet? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're big. I yeah. Mean, lanky, but big. Yeah, they're mostly like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are the four different birds that I think that Sirius probably would have sent Harry. Obviously, the toucan and the flamingo are kind of top of my list of in the course of beautiful birds. But it seems weird that Harry wouldn't know what a toucan or a flamingo looks like. But also, I don't know. Like, I'm a nerd. I'm like, oh, obviously, as someone who's watched PBS Nature's Special since I was five, knows what a toucan and a flamingo looks like. I mean, I feel like at the very least, Harry knows what a flamingo looks like. Flamingos are too ubiquitous, so I think I can't have been a flamingo. I feel like it's probably... Shit, didn't we look up options of birds when we made that queer blur? I don't know. We did. I don't remember what. But it's probably it's probably some like variety of parrot or something like that. Maybe maybe it's a bird of paradise. That'd be rad. I feel like those would be magical birds. I know they're not big. They're not big. I mean, I love a bird of paradise. They're so pretty. Don't they seem like a great tropical owl alternative i actually don't know what part of the world birds of paradise live in they in the amazon i think there are some in the amazon i don't think they're exclusive to the amazon though i love when we do live research our listeners must think that we are so fast at googling from how much i cut out of our live research time when i did that <laughs> <laughs> we were both wrong the majority <laughs> of bird of paradise are found in papua new guinea and eastern australia okay that's too far for Buckbeak to have flown. Serious. Yeah. Okay. Magic Tropical Birds was also my only thing in health and science. So are we good? We're good. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. If you like this podcast, make sure you check out our other podcast, Escape from Reality. That's escape spelled with a G-A-Y in the middle. It's about Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which is a book with many less commas and semicolons than this book. So you should (laughs) read it. (laughs) Uh, Both of those podcasts are products of Hashtag Ruthless Productions and are produced, mixed, and edited by me. And Jesse will tell you where to find us on the internet. Uh, Yeah, you can find us on our website, thegailyprofit.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at the Galley Prophet, and you could also write us an email or send us a mail. I don't know, whatever you, whatever That's you true. want. To. We we do have a PO box, which we almost never talk about. Uh, the address is on our website. Um, you can follow me elsewhere on the internet. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at uh, Live from Detroit. And on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. You can find me on Instagram at Lark Malachi, which is L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I. And I have a website, which is LarkMalachi.com, which is where you can get a tarot reading from me. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song and spoiler warning are by Kevin McLeod. The spoiler warning itself is by Sarah Sarwar. And until next time needless exposition greater flamingo